says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who is here. As I step back, I ask for the anointing of God and the Spirit of God to step up to minister life to your people. I pray that as we hear the words, our hearts will be open, our minds will be renewed, and most of all, our faith will be raised to live this life of more than abundance. Thank you for giving us a word that will help us prosper as your people so people can see the prosperity in our lives and literally say, God is real. So I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a new series entitled The Soulcology of Money. Just look at your neighbor and say, that's a good word. Soulcology is a made-up word. It's the word soul and it's the word psychology put together. And uh, so far... In this series, we've learned that God actually has a standard and an expectation that he expects us as his kids to live by and to give by. Everybody say live by and give by. We discovered uh, over the last two weeks that this standard that God wants us to give by is called tithe and offerings. And our foundational proof text was found in Genesis chapter 4. It was the story of Cain and Abel. And in that story, God was happy with what Abel gave, but was not happy with what Cain gave. And the principle that we discovered in that story was that if God had respect for one of their offerings and not for the other one, there had to be a known standard that God had given both of them for God to have liked one and not the other one. Uh, in other words... Uh, I believe it, it would be unfair of God to have an expectation that was unspoken. Do you agree with that? And last week we discovered uh, some of the benefits that come along with giving God's way. And so our third lesson, which we're starting this morning, our fir third lesson is, re is revolving around the principle of stewardship. Everybody say stewardship. And I believe that stewardship is one of the most important principles in the kingdom of God. And here is why. Because it's the measuring stick that God uses to bring in, uh, increase in our lives. It doesn't matter what area of your life you need increase in. If you will properly manage and steward that area in your life, it will bring more. And so if you're taking notes, our lesson title is Managing for More. Managing for more. And the purpose of our lesson today is to assist you in becoming a better steward of your current resources so that you're in position for increase and more blessings. Now, how many, I'm going to ask again, how many of you in this room would like to have more blessings and more increase? Let me see. 
Right. Well, this particular lesson this morning is going to show you how to get in position and stay in position to receive more of God's blessings in your life. Now, if you have your Bibles, go to the same verse we've been using over the last two weeks, and that is 3 John 2. 3 John 2. And uh, this particular verse shows us that our souls have the ability and the potential to help us or hinder us when it comes to prospering in our lives. In 3 John 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper. Say prosper. That you may prosper and be in health. If that verse just stopped right there, that's enough to show you that God wants you to prosper and God doesn't want you sick. Amen. Amen. That you may prosper and be in health but it says this, even as or so as your soul prospers. We define the word soul as your mind, your will, your thoughts, and how you feel. Everybody say your mind, your will, your thoughts, and how you feel. So I only have uh, three points for you this morning. If you're a real smart class, we'll get to all three points. The first point that I want to give you is this. Financial stewardship is a requirement and not an option. I'll say that again. Financial stewardship is a requirement, not an option. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, go, to, go there, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Financial stewardship is a requirement. Say requirement. It's a requirement and not an option. In other words, you have to have uh, stewardship in the kingdom of God, and it's not optional. It's not like uh, an elective. How many have been to college before? Once you hit the college level, and even in high school now, they have what they call elective courses. Those are courses that you have an opportunity to pass or, you know, to do. Uh, it's like uh, uh, homemaking. I think that's what they called it when I was growing up. What they call it? What they call it? Home economics? Yeah, well, I went only because they cooked. I didn't learn how to cook. I just made sure I ate what we did cook. Well, you know, uh, nowadays, which it shouldn't be in my opinion, they, they have a physical education, I think, as an elective. Well, how many know that we need some exercise? Amen. So it really shouldn't be an elective. But an elective is something that you have a choice of whether you take it or not. Well, stewardship is not that way from a kingdom perspective. It's a requirement. Everybody say a requirement. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, look in verse 2. This is what it says. It says, moreover, it is what class? Come on, class. Everybody say required. It is required in a steward or in stewards that a man be found what? faithful. Now the living Bible says this. Now the most important thing about a servant is that he does just what his master tells him. In other words, a steward, and you can write this down if you're taking notes, a steward is a house manager or an, an employee or one who carries out the wishes of another. In other words, a steward is a manager, it's an employee, it's a person who uh, their, their primary job is to satisfy and fulfill the others of someone else. And all of us are stewards in the kingdom. 
Now, you may not know that you're a steward, but God sees us as a steward. Now, here's why. Because stewardship means that I am managing someone else's stuff. Now, just write down, uh, this is in the Old Testament, but it's one of the, uh, in the book of Psalms, it talks about uh, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. In other words, everything that we can see belongs to God. Well, if it belongs to God, then it doesn't belong to me. And if it belongs to God and it doesn't belong to me, and he has allowed me to have some of it, that means now I'm a steward. Everybody say, I'm a steward. And what's interesting in that verse, it says that not only is a, re, is a requirement for a steward, but then that steward must be found faithful. Everybody say faithful. faithful. Which says to me, watch this now, you can be a steward but not be faithful. Amen. Amen. Now, go to Galatians chapter 4. Go to Galatians 4. We're going to look in verse 1. Galatians chapter 4. It says, it is required that a steward... Be found faithful. I want to show you this word steward in a different perspective. Galatians chapter 4, we're going to read verse 1 and 2, and then I'm going to read it out of a different translation. Let me show you this word steward in, in uh, Galatians 4. It says, now I say, because I'm about to say something that's going to shock you. Now I say that the heir, a person who inherits something, as long as he is a what? A child. He differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. But he is under tutors and what? Governors, that word governors is the same word steward. So he's saying as long as a person is a child, it doesn't matter if he's the heir of everything, as long as he's a child, he differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but he is under tutors. And under stewards, watch this, until the time appointed of the Father. I'm going to read it in the message translation, and then I'm going to give you a principle. Watch this. In Galatians 4, in the message, it says this. Let me show you the implications of this. As long as the heir is a minor, he has no advantage over the slave. Though he legally owns the entire inheritance, he is subject to tutors and administrators until whatever date the father has set for his emancipation. In other words, watch this. How you and I handle what God has entrusted us with is a reflection of our maturity. I'm going to say that again. How you and I handle what God has entrusted us with is a reflection of our maturity. What that verse actually says is someone who is very, very wealthy... If they have a son or a daughter who is going to inherit what they have, that son or that daughter, watch this, is considered a minor until they have grown up enough under stewardships and under stewards until God says they are mature enough to handle it. I believe a lot of believers have not reached their their full financial capacity because they, they have shown, watch this, by their current way of handling money that they can't handle any more than what they have. Notice it said here, let me read it again here, uh, because it says in the, in the in King James that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. That means that God has access, to, we, he owns everything. 
We have a father who has unlimited resources. But that father says, I will only release more resources to the kids that are in my family who are mature enough to handle it. Now, many of us show our maturity level by how we handle the money that God has given us. Amen. So our actions or our attitudes really show how financially mature or immature we are. Now, let me give you some, some, let me give you four things that you can, uh, these are ways in which you can tell if you are financially immature. Now, just look at your spouse and say, he's about to talk to you right now. See, I'm about to say some stuff that you want me to say to your spouse that you can't say. You, you know how sometimes, you know, uh, the pastor be preaching and, and, and you just want to elbow your spouse and be like, are you listening to me? Are you listening to him? Well, I'm about to say this because some of you all, you are hindering your whole family's financial blessings because of your financial immaturity. So how do you know if you're financially immature? Here's number one. When giving God's way is an option to you. I'm going to say that again. When giving God's way is an option. In other words, and this, this is the case in a lot of men's lives. Men tend to not want to tithe and give. Women do. Don't say amen. I don't want you to fight on the way to home. Don't do it. Just Everybody just look straight <laughs> and smile at me so we'd be all right, right? No, most men are, are stingy, all right? Most women are givers. No, I'm just being women. You don't have to hold your hand up or nothing. Just hold your hand up on the inside. But you know I'm telling the truth, right? Most, most guys are stingy. Not all guys, but a lot of guys were stingy. Now, and the problem is, when you think giving God's way is an option, that shows that you are financially immature. What you're really saying is, God, I don't need you to take care of me. I can take care of myself. Amen. Here's number two. When you spend necessity money on non-necessities. This is how you can know if you're financially immature. Because see, how you handle the money God's given you is going to determine if God's going to give you some more. Okay? So the second way that you can tell if you're financially immature is when you spend necessity money on non-necessity. What do you mean? You say, well, listen, uh, 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 I'm going on vacation. You look at your bank account. You know you don't have enough money to go on vacation and come back and still function when you get back. You're like, well, I'll figure that out when I get back home. You go spend your rent money. You go spend your car note money. I'm talking to somebody right up in here right about now. And you go on vacation. You have a good time. And you spend it. You spend it. You get back. And that, that rent is due. And you don't have no money. And you go and you borrow money from other folks. You don't tell them now you don't went on vacation. Now, see, here's what I like about Facebook and all the social stuff. It's all posted on your thing. You got pictures of you in the Bahamas. And here you are, you come back asking everybody for some money. Well, why did you spend your rent money in the Bahamas? Well, Pastor, I already had the trip planned. I didn't know my finances were going to be this tight. So I, I didn't know. So I just had to go because I already bought the ticket. Well, what's wrong with returning the ticket? 
well, it's non-refundable, Pastor. What am I going to do? Why don't you give it to somebody who has the money to go on the trip? Sow it as a seed or sell the ticket. Here's number three. It's getting too warm in here. Here's number three. (laughs) I got to get to the good part of my lesson before y'all shut down on me, all right? Here's number three. When you constantly spend and not save, that shows that you're financially immature. Here's number four. When the thought or the adherence to a budget seems unnecessary. I don't need a budget. So here's point number one, or point number two. What did, I, did I give you point number one? Yeah, point number one was what? Financial stewardship is a requirement and not an option. Here's number two. Proper stewardship always leads to more. Now, this is my favorite point right here. Everybody say, financial stewardship always leads to more. And here's the thing. The test of you and I's stewardship is not in the big things, but it starts in the little things. Uh, Go to Luke chapter 16. Go to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Let me show you this uh, because I'm about to show you how to get a raise without getting a raise. So how uh, get a raise? Look, I'm about to show you how to increase your money without your job giving you more money. I'm about to show you how to increase uh, your resources without necessarily working any extra hours. How many would like to get paid more money but not necessarily work the same amount of hours? I would too. Well, watch this now. Luke chapter 16. Let me read now this, uh, this parable. Now, it says in verse 10, He that is faithful in that which is what? Least is faithful also in the what? In the much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in the much. So that just shows you right there. Just because you're waiting on more so you can do better with it. When God is saying, I need you to do better with the little, and then it will give you more. He says, and if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and what? And man, now, that particular parable, most of us know, we, we know that verse. If I'm faithful in, in little, then God will make me, you know, ruler over much. But I think most of us, we hear and reread this scripture wrong. Here's how I believe most of us hear this, this parable. I believe we hear it and we even read it in a futuristic mindset. This is what I think we read it as. He that will be faithful in that which is least will be faithful also in the much. If you notice when, when you're saying, oh, he that will be faithful. See, you've made it futuristic. Anytime you and I make something futuristic, then watch this now. The principles of faith stops. See, faith is not futuristic. Faith is now. The, the Bible says now faith is. Everybody say is. It's the substance of things hoped for. In other words, it's present tense. And anytime you and I put a futuristic action on a present principle, our faith stops. Because listen, you can't. Let, faith always requires actions. And so what we do, we futuristically say this. Here it is. I'm going to put it in practical terms. 
Well, when I get a raise, I'll start tithing. When God bless me with the lotto. Let me tell you a secret about the lotto. You're going to have to play a lot of the lotto. <laughs> Faithfulness brings increase, while unfaithfulness eventually brings decrease. Everybody say, faithfulness brings increase, while unfaithfulness brings in decrease. Go to Matthew chapter 25 quickly, Matthew 25. Uh, this, pr this principle, I've, I've kind of worked it all of my life. When I was in college, uh, I used to dress just like this in college. I would, see, my mom said, mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I dressed just like this in college. I used to wear ties and, you know. And so one of my instructors asked me one day, was, she said, like, Edmund, why, why do you dress up every day? You know, because everybody else is dressed normal. They, why are you dressed up like that? I said, because I'm going to be a businessman when I grow up. And I said, That's how this is how businessmen dress. This is how I'm going to dress. Well, she just accepted it and didn't mess with me no more. But, you know, I, I attracted people. You know, people said, wow, he's clean, he's dressed, you know, and that kind of thing. So one of them was a friend of mine. His name was Willie. He was a Christian brother. And Willie was a real nice guy. guy. But Willie had two problems. The first problem is that Willie's breath really, really was stinking really bad. How many know people who breath stink real, real bad? And, and here's the thing. Willie didn't know it. Willie even had a girlfriend. And I, I don't know if she ever told him that his breath was bad. But nobody, all these Christians around Willie, and nobody would tell Willie he had bad breath. So that was the first thing about Willie. Second thing about Willie is that Willie used to stink. So Willie had big problems. You know, who, who, is that, who is that cartoon character on Charlie Brown that got that dust following him everywhere he go? Who is that? What's his name? Pig Pen. Yeah, that was Willie. I'm not exaggerating at all. So Willie came to me one day with his hot breath. I mean, he would just be torching off my eyebrows. The reason my eyebrows look torched, I mean, look straight because, you know, I had an automatic tweezer. But <laughs> Willie came to me one day. He was like, Eben, man, I, I see God bless you with a lot of clothes. I really want some more clothes, and I want God to bless me with some more clothes. I said, Willie, God can't bless you with no more clothes. <laughs> he said, why? I said, come here, Willie, let me show you. So I took Willie to my closet. I opened up my closet. All my hangers and clothes was facing in the same direction. Some wasn't on the ground. Some wasn't through over the pole. I'm talking to somebody right now. All of mine was straight. My shoes was all in a row. I said, Willie, notice my closet. I said, come, let's go to your room. So I went to Willie's room. He didn't have to tell me which one was his closet. I just followed my nose, and I followed the junk. Clothes was hanging all on the ground. You know how you can close the door, but clothes are hanging out? It was like that. I opened up. I said, Willie, this is your closet, isn't it? He said, yeah. I said, Willie, what's the difference between your closet and my closet? I said, you got stuff everywhere. I said, you're not respecting the clothes that God has given you. So my question is, why would God give you more clothes to disrespect? I said, Willie, you know what? You need to start washing these clothes. I said, Willie, you stink, man. You stink, Willie. I love you, but you stink. You need to start 
washing your clothes. And Willie, see, see, look at you now, Willie. Look in the mirror. See all those wrinkles? I said, Willie, you did not iron at all this morning. Are you allergic to heat, Willie? <laughs> Willie, iron your clothes. So watch this now. Willie got upset with me. Willie didn't talk to me for a couple of days. But Willie started applying what I told him. He started washing his clothes. He started ironing them. And when I noticed it, I praised him. I said, Willie, man, you look real cool. I see that crease, Willie. I see it. I see that crease. God started blessing Willie with more clothes. Folks from all over the place. Hey, hey, man, here, I give you this. I give you that. I give you this. God just started blessing him with more clothes. What's the point? The point is this. When you're faithful over what you already have, it positions you for God to give you more. Man, I am out of time, and I didn't even get through half of my lesson. Okay, go to Matthew 25. We'll just we'll stop here, and next week I'll incorporate what I'm going to talk about because next week I'm going to talk about how to... I'm going to give you some get-out-of-debt strategies. I'm going to give you some how to manage within a budget uh, uh, framework, how to do that successfully, because most people have a budget, but they don't know how to stay in it. So I'm going to show you how to budget, so next week I'll just pick up where I stopped here. But let's just look at uh, uh, where I tell you to go. Okay, uh, let's, let's look at that, and we'll just read it. It says here... Uh, and so I'm in verse 20, verse 20. And so that he gave, and so that he had received five talents, he came and he brought other five talents. In other words, the, the whole scenario is this. This man had given three guys talents. He gave one person five. He gave another one, I think, three. And then he gave another one one. Well, in this, we're seeing the result of it. It says, and so the one that had five, he brought five with him. He delivered it unto his master. And he says uh, in verse 21, his Lord said to him, well done, thou good and faithful. That word faithful means trustworthy servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over what? Many things. Notice the master saw him bringing more back as something that was good. Now let me ask you something. Because I believe a raise, when someone gets a raise, it should come from doing more work, not from just doing the work you already have. See, the, work you, the, the, the money you're already making, that's from doing the work you're already doing. He, had, he received more, and that's what got him more. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Here, here's, a, here's a question. Do you earn what you currently make? Or do you take what you currently earn? I just want to throw that out there real quick. Verse 22. He also that received two talents came and said, Hey, you delivered unto me two talents? Behold, I've gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and what? Faithful servant. That word faithful means trustworthy. He says, You've been faithful over a few things. You've been faithful over minimum wage. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Watch verse 24. Then he which received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man. I knew you were a tough manager. I knew you gave me your work to do. And you know I had to do my own work. Verse 25. And I was afraid. Notice this fear-based. I was afraid. I went and hid it, hit the talent in the ground. And, uh, and then here it is. 
Notice this person him didn't even do nothing with. They just hid what he gave them. And see, most people who work for other people, they're scared to give their ideas to other people. That's what happened to him. He said, no, no, no. I'm not going to give him no ideas to increase his business. I'm not going to give him no ideas to increase his company. I'm going to keep this idea for myself so when I start my own business, you may not ever get your own business because until you treat somebody else's like it's yours, you'll never get yours. Thank you for those three scattered claps. I appreciate that. Here we go. Verse 25, he says, I was afraid. I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Verse 26, his Lord said unto him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew where I reap where I sowed not, and, you, and I gathered where I did not straw. He says, you should have at least given my money to the exchangers at my coming so I could receive uh, my own usury or interest. He says, take the talent from him. Notice now, notice now, when you're not faithful over what you currently have, it's taken. This is why you can get a raise and never feel it financially because if you weren't managing right what you had, increase is only going to dissipate just like it did before. And this is why some people say, man, I got a raise that I can't tell. Well, maybe it's because you weren't managing right the, the money you had. Now, when I say managing right, I mean, can you account for every dime? Do you have a system to track your money? Do, one last verse. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to just read it to you. And, uh, because there were three things that I said that I, that I feel you must do to, to become a better manager or a better steward. And one of them is you got to see right. You got to understand everything belongs to God. Number two, you got to sow right. You got to learn to give God's way. Number three, you got to spend right. And in that spend right, everybody should have got a budget. Did you get a budget? Okay, now, see this? At least, you know, at least fill it out. You don't have to bring it to church next week, but at least fill this out. If you get paid weekly, you can, put, you can use a weekly calendar. If you got paid monthly, you can do it. Because, see, most of you, I know some of y'all going, I don't want to do it because I know I'm in the red at the bottom. Well, if I'm doing things God's way and I'm red at the bottom, at least now I can say, well, God, I've done everything I know to do. I need you to make up the difference. See, you can't have faith for what you don't know. So at least fill it all the way out. And then next week I'm going to show you one of the principles of how to get from in the red without working a third shift. Amen. And then those of you who, who make more money, next week I'm going to show you how to increase that money so that God can give you more. Because right now you, 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 you live in world, well in your kingdom. But what about the kingdom? And there are some people here, you say, Pastor, man, I, man I'm robbing Peter of PayPal. I'm, just, I'm, I'm upside down. I, I want to challenge you to fill out this budget sheet. And if 73% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, that means about 73% of Americans don't have a good budget that they're learning how to work by. Once you learn how to manage your financial emotions. And I'm going to talk about that next week now. See, everybody has financial emotions. Yesterday, I was at the Cowboy. I'm closing here. I'm already closed. <laughs> yeah, I'm closed. <laughs> the store is closed right now. I'm not even going to tell that story. Uh, but I have to have a new membership class. I should have I stopped at 1025. Who want to hear the story? Let me see your hand. Doggone it. Put your hand down. Okay. 
So my best friend's in town, and he bought tickets to get a tour of the AT&T Stadium. So we went up in there and saw all this. And I mean, very impressive. If you've never had a tour, I'm not promoting Jerry Jones, but it would be a good thing to do. So we were going through there, and we were touring. And, you know, they, they take you first. The first drop-off point before you start the tour is the pro shop where all the paraphernalia is. So we go through the tour. We started shopping. We didn't have time to finish, so they put it in, you know, uh, they stored it. And when we came back, you know, the tour ends there, too. That's the only way you can get out. You cannot get out unless you go back through where you came, right? So I'm going, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to buy something for every one of my family members. I mean, not extended family. I mean, like, you know, current family. So I bought, you know, Heaven was with me. And so Heaven is pretty much more, you know, she, Heaven got more items than all of us. I, no, well, well, her items was up there. I think she got two or three items, whatever. Got land an item, got my wife an item, bought me, you know, a hat. You know, I got a match, so I had a jacket. And then I have a shirt under the jacket, you know. And then I had to have some warm-up pants to, you know. You got a match if you're going to do it, you know. You know. And, and because, because I, I, I don't look at tags, that's, that's a problem. It's not a problem, but I could do better if I probably did. But I have a whole philosophy about that. Maybe I'll share it next week. But I don't look at the tags when I'm buying something. So, you know, I never looked at it. I just went up, took it up to the thing, and he was ringing, and we was at 250 and then at 375 and then at 412 and, and uh, we was, uh, I don't know, it was 500 and something dollars, you know, and Jerry Jones got $500 for me just like that, didn't he? Swiped that card. And so Heaven was like, Dad, you spent $500. I said, well, would you have rather have the money? She said, yeah, but... But then you wouldn't have been able to buy the stuff. I say, see, that's the problem. We want the stuff and the money. <laughs> well, I said the story is you got to learn to manage your financial emotions. You go through the store. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> oh, I look good with that girl. Don't I? And, and next thing you know, you don't, you don't blow. Look, I blew $500 in like. 30, 40 minutes. And what I'm going to do today? I'm staying away from that store and the pair of pants, I'm taking them back. It's, no, I'm really going to exchange them. They was too short. I'm going to keep them. But what are you doing to manage your financial emotions? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I declare that this church... We're going to get our financial lives together. I pray that you will help us harness our financial uh, emotions. That we won't make purchases that, are, that extend us beyond our comfort level. I pray, God, that everyone who's heard my voice today will understand that more will come in their lives as they manage the little that you already have given us. And I thank you that we're going to get a hold of this thing. We're going to start managing in a way, God, that increase is going to come without us even having to work any more than what we're working. I thank you that promotions were going, are going to be released. I thank you that increase in raises are going to come without even asking. I thank you, Father, that more is on the way because we're going to exercise this principle. God, it don't take you long to do your part. And so we declare this now. It's in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to let them do the altar call. But if you're part of our new membership class, we got new.